Fellowship 1-7, a biblical podcast from Child Evangelism Fellowship for the Christian community. On this podcast, we discuss various biblical topics, passages, and truths, and how those truths have impacted the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Griggs. We are talking with Andrew York again, and we're finishing up our discussion of Jesus being the sinner's substitute. So would you mind just reintroducing yourself really quick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just a brief introduction. My name is Andrew York, as Elizabeth said, and I'm the Director of Communications and Marketing, as well as the Director of Digital Ministries here at CEF's International Headquarters. And I've had the privilege of serving with CEF for the last 15 years. All right. So in a nutshell, that's what Andrew does. He's a really neat guy. I like him. He's my (laughs) boss, in case you didn't know. Um, So just to kind of review what we were talking about last time, we drew some connections from the Old Testament sacrifices and Jesus being the last sacrifice that we need. Um, Would you mind just elaborating on that a little bit before we jump back into this topic? Yeah, so we touched on in the last episode about the Old Testament covenants that were made and the need for the Old Testament believers to make sacrifices to atone for their sins with the desire that someday God would provide the Messiah, the solution to their uh, permanent solution to their sin problem. And um, so we talked about that and we talked about how Jesus is that fulfillment of those Old Testament uh, covenants and the fulfillment of the law as well. Going from that point, um, we're just going to, we're just going to dive feet first into this, I think. And um, I guess a follow-up question for all of those statements that we made last podcast is what does it mean for Christ to become the curse for the sinner? Yeah, um, that phrase is actually pulled from Galatians chapter 3 and in verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So we see here in this verse that Christ has become a curse for us. And that's kind of a weird phrasing. We mm-hmm. probably wouldn't phrase a sentence right. like that today. But um, essentially, all of humanity lived under the curse of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could not do anything to remove that curse of our own merit. We right. needed a solution, which is some of what we covered in our last episode. So because of this curse of sin, humanity was separated from God, needed a solution. And uh, by Jesus dying on the cross, he became a curse for us, became the replacement of that curse of sin. uh, And by believing in him can remove the curse of sin from our life. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we see this mentioned again about Jesus becoming Uh, the replacement for the curse of sin. It says, He made him, uh, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So there again, we see that Jesus is taking um, that curse of sin on himself and becoming the replacement for that for us. Mm -hmm. I like how you worded it as the replacement. I think so many times we, we see sacrifice and we think of it as something separate from that word replacement but ultimately yes Jesus became the replacement of that um, curse and covered completely our sins Um, which I think is just a very 
it's a very unique and different way of looking at it. So knowing that Jesus in becoming the curse for us and taking on all of our sins and washing us clean, why do we focus on faith as a Christian and that's what makes us children of God or establishes us as children of God rather than looking at good deeds as establishing us as children of God. Yeah, so the Bible actually covers this quite a bit in Romans chapter 4 and talks about how faith is the only way that we can believe in Jesus and uh, that Jesus can provide that uh, solution to our sin problem. So Mm -hmm. in chapter 4 of Romans and verses 4 and 5, it says, Now to the one who works, his wage is not counted according to grace, but according to what is done. But to the one who does not work, but believes upon him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So this basically is saying that our salvation is not achieved through works. Right. Uh, It's not by being good enough. It's not by following some laws and doing what's right. Uh, outweighing your good or your bad actions with your good actions. Mm -hmm. There's not this scale that you're trying to tip one direction versus the other. Um, We're not going to accomplish salvation that way. The only way that we can receive salvation is through the free gift that God gives us through the death of Jesus on the cross. And by believing in him is how we can be saved. Um, The other really interesting part of this like equation, I guess you could think of it about it in that way is that we have to believe and have faith that Jesus did come and die and was that sacrifice for our sins. Right. So we have to have faith in that. But even that faith that we have to have is not something that we generate on our own. That is also a gift that God gives us. So yeah, we see this in Ephesians 2 chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. So there it's a nice kind of encapsulation Mm -hmm. there of um, that this faith that we have is not something that we have of our own. It's a gift that God has given us. And through our faith that he has given us, we are able to have salvation if we believe um, on him. And it's not works that we're doing that causes that to happen. Right. And I think if we, if, if works are what would draw us to God and make us clean, um, every, everybody would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's this distinct trust that we, not that we establish on our own, but that we have with God um, in knowing that he, gave his son for us, that he loves us, that he sacrificed himself for us. Um, there's that that trust, that relationship that we build up with God that distinguishes good works and faith. Like good works come because of faith. We see that in the New Testament, but it's not what's going to establish this faith and trust that we have with God. That's like you said, that's God's gift to us. It's, hey, look, here, here's my, here's me. <laughs> Like, I love you. I want to draw you to me. It's your choice then to accept it or not. And that's where that faith comes in. So, yeah. Yeah. And we we see this played out as well in uh, Abraham's life, right? So Abraham, um, it mentions in Romans 4 as well that his 
salvation came through, not through his works, Mm -hmm. not through the good deeds that he did. God didn't uh, choose to uh, save him because of that. Um, He was able to have a relationship with God because of his belief in God. Right. Um, which is the same that we have today. Right. Um, it's our belief in God and what he's done for us um, and who he is that allows for us to have that relationship with him. So going full circle and bringing all of this back together to the Old Testament and um, you know, God having this, this opportunity for us to trust him and establish faith in him, how do we... How do we see this um, tying back into the Old Testament through prophecies and like why why are these things linked? Because they seem very distinct, I think, from a glance, but how are they linked back together? Yeah, um, well, throughout the Old Testament, we see lots of prophecies about who Jesus was, why he was going to be coming, um, and that's a lot of what the Jewish people held on to, mm-hmm. uh, these hopes that someday they would have this Messiah provided that would uh, provide for their final atonement. And we see that played out, of course, through Jesus. That's what we believe. But um, Jesus did that through fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. And he did. He died on the cross for many reasons, but one of those was to p- fulfill prophecies. He came to earth to fulfill those prophecies that were established in the Old Testament. I think it's kind of interesting to list out some of the... Uh, reasons that he died. Yeah. And we see that he died uh, because of he loved us, which we see in Romans 5 8. He died because uh, he was obedient to the will of God his Father, mm-hmm. which we see in Philippians 2 8. And he died to fulfill the law, which we see in Hebrews 10 10. Um, so Jesus' death on the cross was some of those reasons. I'm sure there were others. Oh, yeah. But um, but he also died to fulfill God's plan as prophesied through the covenants, through the prophecies that are in the Old Testament, and ultimately because he loves us. Yeah. Um, and because God is love and wants to have a relationship with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's just, it's amazing to kind of see that come full circle. Um, we now have a, our completed Bible. We can see those prophecies that were made many, many years, hundreds of years mm-hmm. before Jesus is coming. And we get to see that fulfilled in time and how God was planning this right. and uh, from the very beginning. It's just, it's an amazing thing. It kind of shakes our mind a little bit to it think is. about. It, yeah, I um, mean, it's definitely mind boggling. And 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 knowing that God, knowing that God knows our capacity to yeah. understand everything all at once, and that we're not able to do that, yeah, um, and that He just gives us little pieces of it here and there, and yeah. um, and then allowed these people throughout time to be His voice and write down these words, and then we get to see it all compiled together and be like, oh, oh, yeah, there's God. Exactly. He's in this whole thing. Um, I think those eye-opening moments where we kind of, it clicks and you're like, oh, okay, that's what you were doing. And it doesn't matter how many times you hear these things. God inevitably is like, oh, look, let me, let me remind you of this. And it's like this aha moment all over again. And you can hear these. I mean, you and I both grew up in the church. And so hearing these things, they're, they're, they're words that we we've heard our entire lives. Yeah. And yet every single time I've sat down to have any kind of conversation with somebody, God's like, 
Yeah. But listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's it's uh, kind of new each time. Yeah. Each time you you go back and remember it, it's like a new story again. Yeah. And it's amazing how God does that through the Holy Spirit and through his word and how uh, no matter how long we study God and we study his word, there's always new things yes. that we're learning. Um, he's just so big. Yes. Yes. And even even this topic of well, Jesus died for our sins, and obviously he became the substitute. But do you see God's love there and all these little, these how God broke it down intentionally for people to be able to understand completely, hey, this is how, or I guess we can't ever completely understand how much God loves us, right. but just to give us a little taste, I guess, is a better way of saying right, that, right. this is my love for you. So I would love to continue this conversation, unfortunately, we are out of time. <laughs> so again, thank you for joining us. I have yeah, very absolutely. much, very much enjoyed talking to you and uh, being able to pick your brain on this just a little bit more because yeah. it's it's an in depth subject. It and is, yeah. And we just barely touched the surface. We did. So. <laughs> we did. Um, but uh, if you want to learn more about who CEF is and what we believe, you can visit cefonline.com/about. This will be linked in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Also, check out Unite Kids Radio, where we unite kids with the gospel through adventures and foundational biblical truths. Give us a like and subscribe to keep up to date both on this podcast and our kids program. Thanks for listening.